Hello again, it's Sarah, and we're here for day 38 of 100, and we're going to wrap up our mini-series on Enneagram harmonic groups today. So remember, this is a, a way of grouping the nine types into three that is about how each type handles conflict and situations uh, of difficulty when our needs are not getting met. And you can refer back to previous episodes for more detail, but I just, I'll remind us, as is always good to do, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with any of these three strategies or coping styles that we're talking about. And all of us have access to each of them. It's just that we develop a preferred way of coping. And the idea here is to be aware of that and to be able to have some flexibility and call on which strategy is most needed and appropriate for the moment. But today, we are zeroing in on the reactive group and talking about types 4, 6, and 8. So without further ado, here we go. All three numbers in the reactive group react strongly and need a response from others in conflict and difficult situations. And they each do that kind of in their own way and for their own reasons. But the four is going to take a posture and and say something um, in the spirit of, you know, I feel really hurt and I just need to express myself right now. And the themes that undergird that strategy are that the four is seeking a rescuer, someone to understand them and support their life and their dreams. And they, they really want and need to be seen. And their fear is abandonment. They fear that no one will care for them, that they will not have enough support to find and become themselves. And so they deal with others in light of that by keeping others interested, by limiting access, uh, by kind of playing hard to get and, and trying to hold on to supporters, to relationships. Type six is going to be saying something along the lines of, I feel really pressured and I've just got to let off some steam. And the themes that play for sixes are that they seek both independence and support. They want someone to rely on, but they also need to be the strong one. And so there's kind of a back and forth or an ambivalence there. And sixes fear both being abandoned and without support, but also becoming too dependent on others. So they deal with others by being committed and reliable while trying to maintain their independence. So they are, they are engaging, but they can also be defensive. And finally, you know, type eight, it's pretty straightforward. They're going to take the position of and express that I'm angry about this and you're going to hear about it. And underlying that strategy for eights is that they are seeking independence and self-reliance. They want to need others as little as possible and to be their own person. They fear being controlled or dominated by others. And thus, they fear intimacy to some degree and, um, and fear becoming vulnerable by trusting or caring too much. So they deal with others by keeping their guard up and not letting others get too close. Uh, they toughen themselves against hurt and, and their need for others. So there's a lot of kind of protecting and armoring going on. And now on to the conflict combination 
portion of our conversation. And you've heard about reactive types in conflict with positive outlook and competency folks already because we've covered those in the last couple of days. So we really only have one combination left to look at, and that is a reactive type, 4, 6, and 8, versus another reactive type, 4, 6, or 8. So there's going to be a similar reaction to the conflict. Uh, Both people agree that uh, there is a big deal. Both react emotionally and, and feel that the other person is perceiving the importance of the problem, at least to a degree, and both are going to feel better after venting. And there's kind of a mutual catharsis that can be involved in that. But the problem can be that that uh, the two people may build off of each other's worry and catastrophize the situation. So it can get to a point where it's like, this is terrible. What are we going to do? Everything is terrible. And that may feel um, cathartic again, but it doesn't necessarily help to address the actual problem and work on that. So a conflict resolution strategy is to remind yourselves that the conflict or the problem is not the end of the world, that venting feelings and going over the problem again and again doesn't address the root cause of the problem. So it's it's important to remind yourselves to address um, what needs to be done and what can actionably be done to address the actual problem rather than just worrying about it or or going on and on about it. Or for eights, it's more often kind of a blow up and then it's over for them, but it's generally not over for other people involved. And so being able to stay with uh, long enough to really actually address what needs addressing is still really important. And, you know, I, a great example of this is one of my best friends uh, ever and former roommates is a six. And I, I remember a day after work some years back and she had had a rough day with students and I had, had a rough day with interns. And it was just one of those like, oh my gosh, everything's awful days. Like, is there um, a planet in retrograde or is there a geomagnetic storm or are people just awful today? Like, what is it? And, but we, we knew ourselves well enough by that point where we were like, okay, let's go get dinner. And we get 30 minutes to vent about all of this. And then we either have to switch into finding solutions or just moving on to other topics, but we only get 30 minutes to really vent and get all this out. So that's something that can uh, can really work well for these reactive types, having some sort of boundary around the venting, because you need that. Uh, you can't skip over that entirely, but you have to be able to move past that when it's time to do so. Okay, that pretty much completes our series on the harmonic groups. Again, I'll, I'll give credit where it's due. So much of this work for me came from the Rizzo-Hudson Enneagram work, specifically in the, the blue book, The Wisdom of the Enneagram, and from the work of a teacher named Rob Fitzel in Canada, actually. And so uh, he's got a lot 
of great resources, including really good work on harmonics on his website. And I'm very grateful for both of these schools of thought and the work of these teachers, because again, I, um, I can't understate how helpful harmonics can be. So I hope that you've gotten a taste of that. I hope that you'll continue thinking on this. And I'm going to be back tomorrow for a look at stances, which is kind of the second part of this mini series on um, things that have really valuable application in relationship. I think these are excerpts pulled from my Enneagram relationships workshop. And um, yeah, so we'll jump into stances tomorrow. It's another way of grouping these types into three. Uh, and I'll talk to you then. Bye.